right, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. It's been all right. It's a little hectic, but we're here. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Can you hear me all right? Thank you so I much. I hope so. We're going to be here for like an hour. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, I was, I, I was hoping I didn't have to do the show without my son, but he started walking around and he saw Katie Sackoff. So, you know, Katie is very that important. That took the entire time. <laughs> yeah, so long life. Half the panelists were gone already. Thank you. So if you don't know who we are, my name is Kerwin, and this is my son, Keith. We have a podcast called Father, Son, Galaxy. We started back in 2021. Um, right now, we have over 330 episodes on our YouTube channel. Um, you can also get us on all of your streaming platforms. So just want to thank you again for, for sitting down and taking an hour out of your day just to sit and talk with us. All right. Um, so I want to start off by saying, you know, George Lucas has said so many times that Star Wars is for kids. Well, I saw my first Star Wars film when I was 12. And I'm looking at the screen, and it's interesting that I didn't see any kids in the movie. And not that we needed kids because it was, you know, the classic original trilogy is, is just awesome. But I was... It was just interesting that, you know, if it was for kids, why weren't there any kids in the film? But times have changed. And in 1999, when the prequel came out, George Lucas decided that he was going to cast a young actor to play Anakin Skywalker. That's a big role, all right? Um, you want, you got this? Yeah. Right. Okay. So it wasn't until then that we saw our first young Star Wars character, and that was Anakin Skywalker. A nine-year-old boy who we would know one day became one of the most evil villains of the Star Wars galaxy, Darth Vader. And after that, many more young characters followed. We'll discuss their roles and how they've become more complex, prominent, and invaluable over the years. Their place in positions where stakes are high, their lives are constantly in danger, and they're in positions where they need to make adult, life-changing decisions immediately. We now have storytellers creating young characters who are fearless, emotional, and inspiring. Yes. All right. So we have a slide. Um, and the title of our topic is From Anakin Skywalker to Kai Brystar, the compelling young characters of Star Wars. All right. So let's start off, as we did mention, that the first young actor to appear in a Star Wars film is Jake Lloyd playing Anakin Skywalker. Now, we know that the prequel trilogy, when it came out, was controversial. Um, and I feel that Jake Lloyd, you know, he's only nine years old at the time. Kind of got caught up in a lot of that. Yeah, he, he got caught up in some of the backlash. Um, unfairly so. Yeah, unfairly so. And I think for most fans, probably thought that maybe there wasn't much of uh, stakes for this little boy in the movie. Uh, but that's how it was written. You know, George Lucas is the writer and director. 
this young actor was just following along, you know, what he was told to do. You know, he was All he reading, did was read the script. Reading what was in the script and given direction by George Lucas. So I, I think what happened is he's just uh, just got, his role was not very well written. And I don't think George could have explored his acting chops um, as much as he should. I do recall that there were two um, scenes in the movie where I thought he was very good when yeah. he was walking away with Qui-Gon and he turned around and went back to his mom and he realized then that he didn't know if he was ever going to see his mom again. And he ran back and he had tears in his eyes and you know he asked his mother, will I ever see you again? And then Shmi Skywalker says, well, what does your heart tell you? And he says, I don't know. That was pretty powerful. And that was in the second, uh, I would say that the... Second half of the movie. Well, right, yeah. So it was the, the, the middle part of the movie, right? The second act, yeah. But when the third act started, there wasn't much of Anakin to be seen. We didn't see much of him. For some reason, they decided that they were going to put him in a, a ship, put him off into space, and he missed all the good stuff. He missed the battle mm -hmm. you know, on Naboo. He wasn't around for the Qui-Gon and Darth Maul duel, so. Duel of the yeah. fates. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really think, you know, this actor, you know, for whatever reason, maybe George just wanted to keep this actor safe, uh, away from harm, was really out of the loop. Yeah, um, they, they, they put him in space. I feel like space is infinitely more harmful than being grounded on a planet. There's like five billion different things you can do to, to, to just get like blown up, you can ram into a ship, you can have an engine malfunction, you can have your engine hit. I can keep doing this and take up all our time, but my point is, space is a lot more unsafe than being on like Naboo, so I don't know why they took him off of that planet. So you think he was actually in more danger in space than he was on the planet? I'd say so. Yeah, okay. He was literally up against this huge spaceship mm -hmm. that was controlling an army of battle droids and made a one in a million shot to blow it up. Good point. Yeah. Good point. All right. Well, so as time has passed, you know, over 20 years now since the release of uh, The Phantom Menace, no one is really talking about Jake Lloyd's role in the movie. If we're talking about Anakin, we're talking about Hayden Christensen. So um, it's unfortunate how things turn out for, yeah. for Jake Lloyd. But, um, but, you know, George took a risk and he put in his first young actor. So let's go to the next slide. All right. Padme Amidala. Now, this was uh, an actor. Actually, she was, I believe, 18, playing a 14-year-old Naboo queen uh, who was... Her goal was to protect her planet from war. And she, as a queen, you know, she didn't really have to do anything. She could just sat in her throne and just tell everybody else what to do. But she wanted to really get involved. And I think her character was actually um, more fleshed out, given more, more to do than versus Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was because the character is being played by an older actor who might have been a little, a little more experienced. Um, but we know that Padme's character was much more important in this uh, trilogy because she appeared in all three movies. 
although her role diminished over the three films, but there was more at stake for Padme Amidala. Yeah. So now, the prequel trilogy is done. Years have passed. George Lucas is a genius, so he decides to pass down his uh, what he knows about Star Wars to another genius. You know, and um, Dave Filoni decided to take over the reins of Star Wars and taking it to the next level, taking it to the next level. And in turn, he, as a storyteller, knows that young people going forward need to go on to have stakes. There needs to be an emotional pull. There needs to be uh, you know, more action from these characters. They have to have more to say. So one of the first characters that he created um, from, from scratch is considered one of the most beloved characters in all of Star Wars. And that would be Ahsoka Tano. Now, if you take a look at Ahsoka's arc, Ahsoka's been through a lot. <laughs> she started off, uh, she, you know, she started very young. Uh, she joined the Jedi Council very young. That's what they do. Three they, years old. They take her, took her in at three years, three years old, became a Padawan at 14 to Anakin Skywalker. And I can't count the number of battles that she and Anakin have fought, you know. Hundreds against, by now. Yeah, yeah, against the Separatists. She's been through it all. But what was the most important aspect of uh, Ahsoka's character is that she was framed for yeah. murder. All season right? five. In my opinion, five. the best season yeah. of the Clone Wars. Now, talk about stakes. She is assigned to investigate this incident that took place at the Jedi Temple. She questions the suspect. The suspect Unfortunately, falls. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Ahsoka is the only person there to see it. So obviously, you know, Tarkin and the Republic blame her for the murder. And now at, uh, Ahsoka has to clear her name. She's a fugitive. She starts to run away. She does eventually get caught and is returned to the council for a tribunal, and she has to stand trial. And her family, the Jedi, who've been her family for so many years, is now the ones who want to throw her under the bus, mm -hmm. right? Except Anakin. Anakin did everything he could to fight for Ahsoka, right. to hopefully clear her name. You know, as we know, that didn't really work. Right, right. So she was really put through a lot for a young person, for a youngster. Now compare that to Anakin Skywalker from The Phantom Menace, two different, very different characters. Mm -hmm. So then we know that she was not the one who committed the crime. She was cleared. But what did Ahsoka decide to do? She walked away. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years ago, actually, is, is no, not more than 10, 15 years yes. ago. 10. Is it 10? 10, 10 years ago is when, that when we aired, aired that episode of Ahsoka walking away from the Jedi Order. We had the privilege of interviewing Ashley Eckstein. And then what Ashley said about Ahsoka, she said Ahsoka went from a character that people watched 
to a character that people lived. So in other words, she resonated with a lot of people um, who watched this character grow and followed her, her journey. And her walking away from the council is equivalent to anyone, what, according to Ashley Eckstein, anybody walking away from a toxic situation, you know? So Ahsoka was very influential, very yeah. influential character. All right, so the next one, Ezra Bridger. All right, any Rebels fans out there? Ezra also had stakes. You know, he was an orphan. His parents passed away. Um, they were the early Rebels. Uh, yeah, they, they were, were arrested. actually in jail, so yeah. that's why he didn't have parents. Right, and uh, they died during the prison break. But yeah. he spent all of his moments fighting to liberate his planet Lothal from the Empire, right? And the story still continues, right? It, we'll find out what happens to Ezra in the Ahsoka series. Yeah. All right. That's coming out, um, what, August? Oh, in August, yes. All right. Yes. Let's move on to this guy. All right. Now, Grogu, the galaxy's cutest animal. Now, this was interesting because Grogu is 50 years old. <laughs> but... What a literal man, baby. Yeah, but for, for that species, you know, that's a baby, all right? So we included Grogu. We could spend a whole hour talking about Grogu, but, Grogu, but we won't. Uh, but what makes this character so appealing is that, one, he just has the look of familiarity. You know, we've seen this face before, right? Because of Yoda. And how, how Yoda is so much of a beloved character, another beloved character and that he's force sensitive, so he has a lot of the qualities of Yoda, but he's not quite Yoda, but he's adorable, right? And this is just another father and son um, story that we've seen in Star Wars, totally unexpected for the Mandalorian because you know he's a bounty hunter, so he wasn't looking to become this guardian to this little Grogu, right? So I think that's what makes this, the Mandalorian is so appealing. So, shout out to Grogu. Next. Any Bad Batch fans? Omega, in the first season, was, she was, she was seeing the galaxy for the first time. And she was very young. She got into a lot of trouble. Hunter was her father figure, so he had to make sure that she stays safe, but she was always in trouble. Hunter and the Batch always had to go after her. That was the first season, pretty much. In the second season, she's come of age, right? She is now in a position where she can defend herself. Sometimes she's in a position where she's saving them. Yeah. And what she's been through this past season, you know? Family is very important to Omega. And when she saw her family break up, you know, with Crosshair going his separate ways, then we had uh, Echo deciding that he wanted to leave. And then, unfortunately, what happened to Tech in the finale, those things have really broken her up. Yeah. yeah. But she uh, has seen finale. so much. Yeah. Oh. But she has seen so much. And then on top of all that, as a finale, we find out, spoiler alert, I keep forgetting to say spoiler alert, but yeah. um, 
She has spoilers. Yeah, she has a system. So we'll see what happens in season three. Okay. All right. All right. Next. Let's go. Yep. Vanessa Rowe, The High Republic. All right. Vanessa Rowe started out as a prodigy. Uh, she completed Jedi Trials at the age of 15, making her the youngest Jedi Knight. Uh, she was first featured as a main character in Star Wars The High Republic, A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. And she was always put in challenging situations uh, to save herself, obviously to save her, her uh, Padawan, uh, to save the planet uh, from the Drenjir. So there's a lot that she has to do. Very valiant. And she is one of the standouts of the High Republic. We know that because her character is actually going to become uh, a live-action character in, in the, the Acolyte, right? Yeah. Played by Rebecca Henderson. So her story continues as well. All right. Now, I want to bring up this character, Lara Ghana. I don't know if anyone has saw the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. All right. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but she is the youngest actor in Star Wars since Jake Lloyd. But it seems that what about those kids from The Last Jedi? Remember that how they looked off into space and then that storyline just never continued? Yeah. <laughs> the broom kid? Yeah the, yeah, the kid with the broom. And he's just like... Yeah. And they then had, roll credits and we never saw him again. Yeah, they had such a small role, so, you know, very minor. But as far as... Right, the, the, um, the youngest major character. Youngest major character. I got you. So as far as Leo Organa, you know, played by Vivian, uh, Vivian Lyra Blair, why did it work out? Why did her acting abilities work and Jake Lloyd didn't? Well, for one reason, I believe, well, a couple of reasons. We weren't aware that there was going to be a young Leia in Obi-Wan, right? So it was yeah. really kept a secret, even in the... In the the trailer, we didn't see Leia anywhere. And so, if we did, it was probably like a glimpse. I don't really remember the trailers. Right. So Lucasfilm kept that a secret from us. And then when we actually saw her, it's like, wow, okay, a, a young Leia. And I think people were taking it back because, you know, Carrie Fisher will always be Leia Organa. And, you know, at some point we're going to have to face the fact that she's there's going to be a recast and she's going to be seen by she's going to be played by another actor so and here we go although this actor I believe she's 10 years old but a reason why it works so well for her is that I, I think because it was a, a series of six episodes yeah because it like I feel like in Kenobi there was so much more storyline to yes. be explored with Leia Whereas with Anakin, it was kind of like, we just got to get you on this ship, and then, you know, story's over. Right, right. So I think there was more time to tell a better story yeah. in the TV series than it is in a two-hour movie. Obi-Wan was originally supposed to be a, like a movie. Good point, but yeah. when you make it a series, you get more time. 
Yeah. Like, usually, I think Obi-Wan's episodes were about 45 minutes each, so that's about three to four hours of screen time we got as compared to a two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. So, she had the opportunity to flesh out her Leia character, and I think she did very well. I mean, overall, if you look at the entire series, you know, where she started in the first episode to the last episode, I think she did very well. And she has some shoes to fill, although, you know, she's still very young. But I think it worked out very well for the series. Yeah. Uh, well done for Vivian Lyabrea. So I wanted to bring that up. All right. Did anyone see Star Wars Vision Volume 2? Okay. All right. Um, Something I want to say about Vision Volume 2. So there are nine shorts. And out of the nine shorts, seven of them feature an adolescent main character, which is very interesting. You wrote that down? <laughs> yes. And three of the shorts are about a youngster making a decision at a moment's notice to join a Jedi mm -hmm. or join the Sith. Yeah. This one especially stood out to us. Yes. Screechers Reach. And the reason why this stood out was this was the character that actually joined the set. Or maybe she didn't even know what she was joining. Mm, but again... I don't know about that. I'm sure there's some fairy tale or myth or legend that exists about the Sith. Like I feel like, I feel like you know, the Sith and the Jedi are a household name in Star Wars. So there had to be some sort of story she was told that that informed her a little more about the, the Sith, so. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the story goes where, she, you know, she's a, a, a mind worker. She and her friends want to leave that life behind. And then they go and they're looking for this place called Screecher's Reach where apparently there's a banshee that's there that you know, threatens people. Uh, she was able to stand up and face this ghost or spirit. And With the power of the Sith. Right, and using the lightsaber that she found from that Sith ghost. So apparently the banshee was a Sith. Apparently, yeah. Oh my god. Dad, rule of two. What if that banshee was the Sith mother's... Um, teacher apprentice maybe no i think the sith mother was the apprentice so what if the banshee was the master what if the sith mother made this an entire plot just to get her master out of the way so she could trade someone new i wouldn't be surprised star wars conspiracy theories <laughs> yeah why not you never know but what ends up happening is you know for her this uh for her valiant e effort of destroying this Sith ghost, then we have this ship just lands and this out person, yeah, just walks out. You know, very regal. Um, you saw a little bit of the red in her dress, and her eyes were like ruby red. So we knew something was up. But when and, she got mad, they turned yellow. Yeah, and. She, of course, said, hey, you did such a great job. Come with me. If you want to change your life, come with me. And then Doll asked, well, okay, well, can my friends come along? And she says, no. no. She just straight out, no. But then Doll says, okay, well, I'm just going to go alone. 
But does she know the decision that she's making? I think she knew who the Sith were, but she didn't understand the magnitude of her decision at that time. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure Dahl thought she was going to get a better life by going with the Sith instead of going back to the mines. But it doesn't always work out that way when you work for the Sith. It doesn't always work out that way. Exactly. exactly. Or any idea for that matter. So you could see that a little bit of reluctance in Dahl as she's walking away and she tells her friends, don't look back. But she looks back. And so she gets on the ship. Cut to and black. You see the door Here's the closes. Star Wars exit credits. Yeah, she looks back. And I wonder what happens to Dahl? Where does that story go? Visions season three. That's where it goes. Season three. Who knows? But I, we were very 2025. We were very intrigued by that story. Yeah. All right. Okay. So now we have a new generation of Jedi, right? So if you have any young people right now, their first, the, pers the first person that they're going to meet in Star Wars probably is not going to be Luke Skywalker or Han Solo or Princess Leia. It's going to be Kai Brystar, mm -hmm. right? Young Jedi Adventures, which is awesome because Star Wars is evolving. They're changing. They know that they just can't stay stagnant, that they have to continue. You can't stay with the same characters and pass them on to the new right. generation. You got to keep going forward and improvising. Exactly. You got to keep going and create new characters with new stories, uh, new stakes, more emotion, more inspirational. So that's where we are now. Yeah. And then we have this group of people the young Jedi that these little kids cast. now can look up to. Alright. A new television show for the new age of kids. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's quite different than when I was a kid. We didn't have Star Wars that looked like this back then. Yeah. Pretty well, we awesome. We have it now. Yes, we do. We have it now. All right. And this is a very good show, and I don't know if you've seen Young Jedi Adventures, but uh, it's about lessons. You know, it teaches kids lessons about sharing, about uh, asking for help, and most importantly, helping others. All right? Wonderful. Okay. So what's next for Star Wars and the young people of Star Wars? So what we have... We've got Skeleton Crew coming up. Yeah. So I don't know if it's this year or next year or 2025. We don't we, know yet. We have nothing. We don't even have the cast members' names yet. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but it, it, it's coming soon, yeah. I hope. Exactly. Exactly. So last year, the writer, Chris Ford, was in Anaheim on the panel. We saw it, actually. We were there. Yeah. And he made it a point to say that to be clear, it's a story about four kids, but it's, it's not a not kid's show. Kids. Right. It's a story about kids, but it's not for kids. Right. Because I think adults still have the stigma that, okay, if it's a show about kids, well, you know, it may not work out because we don't know if these kids are going to be uh, interesting enough to, to watch and to listen to, but we just know they're a part of a bigger picture, a bigger story. Right. Yeah. That's going to tie into uh, the era of the Mandalorian and Boba Fett 
Yeah. I'm just I'm just kind of um just waiting and anticipating the darkness of this show. Because if they're saying it's about kids but not for kids, you know, kind of gets the wheels turning in your head about, you know, what age your kids should be when they watch this. Mm. Well, we know it's based on Amblin films, so the 1980s, right? If you're around in the 1980s. Goonies, E.T., you know, the classics, the good stuff. Yeah, they are classics. So I think it'll be fine for, for kids, well, at least kids your age to watch. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. All right. Mm-hmm. So we're in a good place, you know, being a Star Wars fan. You know, there is something for everybody, you know, and you could, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan at any age. So we just wanted to just share with you, you know, how these young characters have changed over time. And they're not these cute, snide, sarcastic kids yeah. in Star Wars. They really have meaning, you know. Characters. I feel like what Star Wars is doing very well with their young characters is that they're representing them like accurate children. Yeah. They're not like the flippant kids that like just kind of sit there on the side making remarks about every little thing. They're the types of kids who are able to make decisions. They can get it straight in their heads what they need to do to help each other, to help the galaxy, to help their families. You think about it, we're, we're really in a new age of representation in movies. Especially with children kind of taking center stage nowadays. Yep. Yep. Exactly true. Because the stakes are high for children as well as adults. Right? Mm -hmm. All right. Because if adults thought they were the only ones, we're here too. That's right. All right. All right. Well, thank you. So we now have time for questions, if there are any questions. Yes. You want to go to the mic? Yeah. Hello. Hi. That was a wonderful podcast. Thanks to both of you. Thank you. So um, in terms of the young characters, one thing that we see a lot in Star Wars is how George Lucas seems to put, like, a lot of teenagers or young kids in very adult positions, like, Padme was a queen of Naboo at 14, or how um, we just learned how Mon Mothma became the senator at 15 in Andor, and you know, Aunt Ahsoka was 14 when she started like basically going to war. So when we see that in Star Wars, it doesn't feel jarring to me like to see teenagers in those kind of very adult or high risk roles. Um, my question is, in your opinion, do you think that teenagers like in our world? or adolescents have the kind of capability if you know with the right sort of training or guidance to kind of um, rise to the occasion of that level of you know um, tasks and I ask this to both of you separately you as a father and you as a kid like do you think that there's some things you can do as a teenager that maybe things like Ahsoka can do or become a senator like Mon Mothma well would you like me to start with you sure Personally, I think that every kid has it in them. It just takes the right parents and the right care to get it out. Like, if it wasn't for my dad and my mom, I would not be up on this stage. I would be in front of a device playing video games and laughing at every little thing. Like, Mm. 
Just take a moment to acknowledge all the parents in the audience. I see you, Mom. I love you. I love you too, Dad. Thank you. Yeah. So, personally, I think kids can handle adult situations too. It just takes the right kind of training to get it out of them. I'm there. In three years, I'll be even further. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I feel as a parent that our children have to um, grow up faster than we want them to. And if you look around at what's happening, you know, in the last three years with the pandemic and demonstrations and the, uh, the storming of the Capitol, you know, those are things that we would never expect our children to witness and experience. Um, so as much as we try to shield them from all that from outside, it's very tough to do because you have social media, you have YouTube, and if they don't catch it there, they're gonna catch it in school. You know, they're gonna hear from their friends. Um, so I would like, you know, my kids to stay kids as for as long as possible, but we do want to just give them the tools. And if they have questions, you know, about adult things, I think, you know, with, Make sure that you, you, you think, it, think it through as an adult. Know that your you audience. should try to answer those questions because they're, they're asking. So I think the worst thing you want to do is turn away and say, no, you don't want to know about this right now. But if they're asking a question, we should go ahead and try to have a conversation with them. So um, to answer your question, yes, I do believe kids are in a position where they can um, use their voice for, you know, the age that they are now, they're, they're, their voice is still very important. Um, they can use their voice in school. They're in a position where they can help other students. They could be in a position to help other people who are disadvantaged. Um, so we try to teach the importance of giving back to the community. And kids at his age can absolutely do that. And I think that's the, the, the way to go. That's a, the starting point for keeping these kids on the right track and, make, and letting them know that it's not just about them, it's about everyone else helping others. Hi. Uh, hi, I have a question. Um, so you mentioned a doll earlier went with the Sith. I haven't personally seen Vision, so I don't really know what you're talking about, but I got a decent idea. And well, personally, I'm also a huge fan of Kylo Ren, aka Ben Solo, so I just was wondering, what are your opinion on kids or teenagers, young people, you know, who turn to the dark side at a young age? Like, what are your opinions on that? That's actually a very good point. Um, I would love to know the Ben Solo story because I still don't think we have any idea as to what happened. Um, I don't like think we've the sequel... gotten little little snippets and stuff, but yeah. nothing like a let's say uh, I don't know. 25 issue comic series in which we explore his life in depth until we lead up to the force awakens mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know something casual like that yeah we know that some kids you know lose their way you know they are motivated not by parents but maybe they're motivated by other people outside of the family and unfortunately that does happen you know there is influence all around um but it does intrigue me to, to know what happened to Ben Solo because he had the best parents, you think, in the galaxy, right? Leia and Han Solo? Like, how can you go wrong? But, um, but we don't know. It really depends on his influence, you know, who was around him, um, who's giving him guidance, 
It didn't come from his parents, unfortunately. Snoke, <laughs> he's part of it, absolutely. Snoke is part of it. So, thank you for your question. Hi. Can you hear me? Good. Yes. Okay. Hi. Uh, great. First time listening. It was a really good show. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Like I, since you're like on the YouTube community, and I'm sure you also do maybe on other forms of like social media, like Facebook or or like Reddit or some stuff like that. I I like to indulge in those things, especially about Star Wars news and stuff like that. And since say like the when the Last Jedi came out, I always see a lot of negative discourse. Out, and I'm sure you. How do you like say as especially as a role model for your son, uh, and also Keith, like for when you're at school and you're having arguing with like kids or you know about Star Wars, like how do you avoid like the negative opinions about like a, a franchise that's kind of been like, around for like too many generations already? Yeah. As far as social media, we try to keep Keith off of social media as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're we're on Twitter. That, um, I think Twitter is the one that's really the the most uh, yeah. <laughs> heated. Um, so we read the tweets. We don't let Keith read them, just for that reason. Now, what we try to, uh, to teach Keith, though, that it's okay to have an opinion, and you don't have to agree. And you know, if you say, well, this is good, and someone says this is bad, you don't necessarily have to convince them that they're wrong is good, yeah. or the bad has to convince you the other way around. It's not about that. It's about respecting each other and your opinion is your opinion you can you know provide a good argument as to why you think this way or feel this way and the other person could do the same but if you can't come to an agreement you should just say hey okay well we agree to disagree so this is what we try to teach him so Keith has an opinion you know on a lot of things but we also try to sway him to let him know that okay well if there are other kids who don't feel the same way as you do you have to respect that you Thank you. Else? Well, um, as far as keeping me off social media, um, we try to at least. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I'll leave that up to your interpretation. All right. Thank you very much. What's up, guys? Jared here. Awesome hey. presentation. Um, so I guess uh, with Dave Filoni announcing the new uh, the new movies coming out. Um, I kind of have a general idea of your guys' opinions on the most recent trilogy, but uh, I was just kind of wanted to pick your brains a little bit. What would be like your ideal new trilogy coming out? Would you like to see like uh, them kind of let go of the past, like they attempted to do with Last Jedi, and really just forget about all the old characters, kind of move forward with Grogu and Rey, maybe as like the potential main cast, like? What, I guess, basically, what, what would be your ideal scenario for the new set of movies to come out that take place following uh, The Rise of Skywalker? Can you take it? Yeah. Okay. I got nothing. Okay. Um, I like the idea of them starting up the Jedi Order with Rey. I think that's absolutely uh, mandatory because I was taken aback by the Luke Skywalker we saw in The Last Jedi who said that oh. the, the Jedi Order needs to end. I never agreed to that. He should have spoke to me first. I did not agree to those terms, yeah. Luke. Right, so I'm Consult glad. the audience yeah. first before you make such rash decisions yeah. like throwing your lightsaber into the ocean and knocking your character development box along the way. There you go, okay. 
So you say Keith has his own opinion. Okay. Um, if you couldn't tell. But I'm fine with, like I said, starting this order. And I'm all for Ray being the one to train a Jedi. But I would like to see some kind of redemption for Finn. Um, and I'm not saying that Finn needs to be in the film. I think Finn is a big enough character where he can have his own film or his own series. But I just like to see Finn play a role in bringing this Jedi Order together. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Sure. No problem. Hey, how are you guys? Hello. How are you? Uh, Jared's my little brother, by the way, younger hey. brother. Um, so back to the point about the Jake Lloyd recep character reception versus Padme's, don't you think that the evolution of social media giving voice to the younger generation kind of drowns out that negativity because there was still negativity towards Leia being portrayed in this series and personally I think the Kenobi series probably should have just been a movie because there was some filler going on there but I think when episode one released you had the older generation who grew up with those first three films and they were expecting something completely different, similar to the sequel trilogy now. When I saw the sequel trilogy, kind of lacked direction, and I wasn't the biggest fan of the sequel trilogy. Um, but that younger generation, my generation, when we saw episode one, two, and three, most of us loved it. And even back then, Hayden caught flack too. He's only recently becoming like one of the most beloved Star Wars actors. So my kind of a counterpoint to you is don't you think just the evolution of social media has kind of balanced the scales when it comes to negativity towards actors and kind of comforting them when they hear all that noise of negativity yeah you're right um, so the prequel truly did get a lot of backlash well yes for many reasons and I, I think the problem was at the time there might have been characters that people did not like um, and they took it out on the actor. Yeah. And again, the actor, you know, that's their job is to act, right? So they have to follow the script. They have to listen to the direction. Um, so I think people 20 years later now realize, you know, I don't know how old, whatever age you were at the time when it came out, 20 years later, you're probably now understanding it's not their fault, Yeah. right? So um, yes, maybe the films may not have been as great as we thought it you know, they should have been, um, but it has nothing to do with the actors. You know, yeah. the characters are not fleshed out. Nothing to do with the actors. Yeah. So I, I think it's just time. You know, just the evolution yeah. um, of just seeing these films now compared to what they were, and now feeling it was very unfair what Hayden and um, you know Jake Loy had to go to Ahmad Best had yeah. to go through. You know. So I think that love is always, is now there. Yeah. Uh, and social media is helping with that to change what the people's thoughts yeah. of the film 20 years ago, yeah. right? Because a lot of people now are the younger generation. Well, the younger generation who uh, maybe started off very, uh, very young watching the, the, the films and now have grown up and see it quite differently. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, so you're talking about Skeleton Crew a little bit, and I wanted to re rewind back to Skeleton Crew a bit, because I got to 
hear people talk about it in London. And I guess my question, one way I heard Skeleton Crew described was kid-friendly, but not just for kids. And I was wondering, I felt like that sums up Star Wars as a whole, a lot of it very well. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on Star Wars, walking that balance between being family and kid-friendly, but not always just playing for kids. You talk about Skeleton Crew? Yes. How it was described? Okay. Yeah. Um, that's what it's always been. And I think you just have some people in the fan base who think Star Wars is for them. And it's not really about the family. It's about who they are. Um, but that has never changed with Star Wars. I think uh, you just have a, a, a small minority of people who want to tell you that, okay, well, that's not my Star Wars. You're going to have kids in there. I'm a grown man. This is not about me. But you have to not look at it that way. You have to, you can relate to anyone at any age. I can relate to a 10 year old just as much as I can relate to someone who's in their 50s. We can always learn from each other. So I'm glad that you see that balance. And like I said, when I was growing up, there were no kids on the screen, but you see it now, right? Because I think there's a teachable moment for everybody to learn from young or old. All right, we got time for one more question, I think, and then we want to talk about your race to 1,000. And yes. All right. Um, knowing some of the actors, filmmakers, writers that you guys have had on the show and their universal love of Keith. Keith, did you convince Katie to come on the show when you yeah. went and saw her? Have you had a chance to talk to Katie Sackhoff? Um, today, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> she, did you? Did you tell you had a podcast? Um, yeah, she remembered me. Really? Wow. Really? Congratulations. Uh, how about that? That's very nice. That's very cool. Okay. Yeah. That's all I want. Thank you. All right. So, like we said, we have a podcast. We've been um, at this in this space for two years. We are very close to that 1,000 number. You know, if you're a YouTuber, you know how important that number is. So... We would love it. You know, if you are hearing us for the first time, seeing us, um, please, uh, you know, we have a, pa uh, a booth right behind you. Uh, the young lady back there is my wife. If you could just stop by our table and pick up a flyer. Uh, we have uh, a QR code where it'll take you right to our website. And you can also find our YouTube channel and subscribe. So you know, that's could, could everyone here like subscribe to our channel? Yeah, because if would, everyone did, like look, we would we would be at a thousand. We we need less than ninety people to subscribe to make it to a thousand. So if you're listening, if you know anyone who is not a subscriber, tell them about us. Please subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Wow. All right. So it's um Father Son Galaxy on YouTube. Yeah, and like I said, we have a booth in the back, so you could please stop by. We have stickers. Uh, say hello to my wife, Tanya, who's the producer of the show. Um, we love Star Wars, and we love talking, to Star, talking Star Wars to you. So we really appreciate the time that you spend here. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you again. Right. Don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe. Watch out. You will see them again at 5 o'clock today right here.